Algar Productions. Despite the title, the following podcast is most decidedly not for kids. This is the Kids Love Batman podcast with your hosts, Matt Robotham and Ron Algar Watt. Episode 39, The Lion and the Unicorn, and Showdown. Hi, chums. It's it's me and Matt, and Matt's chair squeak. Hello. Which I didn't mean to call out, but, like, we we were quiet for a second, then I heard, <laughs> in, like, this perfect comedically timed, <laughs> like, it was, it was peeking around a corner or something. <laughs> Very good. You guys recording in there? It's in there. Just- it's just your good friend Matt's chair checking in. Just hey, chair squeak here. <laughs> I mean, I got one too, but uh-huh. uh, you know, we gotta oil our chairs. I mean, there, I, th- I think I finally covered how to how to how to introduce the show. You just gotta bring up how badly uh, chairs need to be oiled. Mm-hmm. Just uh, the the uh, the office supplies uh, uh, roundup here. <laughs> what what sort of office maintenance do you need to do? Well, <laughs> this is a podcast we'll do after we finish or... up Batman. Uh, I mean, that's fine. We'll talk about the office supply <laughs> review office supplies. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. Fine. I'm a big fan of this stapler. Ka-chunk, ka-chunk, ka-chunk. Mm-hmm. I have someone as a joke years and years ago got me the red stapler from Office Space, which is a surprisingly good stapler. Yeah. I understand why that guy uh, fought so hard to keep it. Yeah, man. I'd be mad too. Yeah. So that's my review of that. He brought it from home. Top notch. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So this was an interesting week. Yes, it was. Like very sort of off. Like both episodes. Oh yeah. Sort of. We must be getting into that period of the show where they're sort of itching to expand. Oh, definitely. Like there's a lot less Batman swinging from rooftops and catching guys who are poisoning the reservoir or whatever. Like Mm -hmm. there's a lot more. Like expanding the scope of what the show can be, and I really like that. International intrigue, mm-hmm. and also westerns. Yeah, I'm into both of them. Yeah, like they man. did a they did a James Bond story and a cowboy story, and they both worked. These are two episodes that, like, I can definitely say I like now, and I probably hated when I watched them the like the first time. Well, yeah, again, it's not Batman fighting guys in colorful costumes. Yeah. It's not that. Yeah. It's very much not that. No. And, you know, I dig it. I dig that they're, you know, getting Mm -hmm. more ambitious. So why don't I start with The Lion and the Unicorn, which Mm -hmm. is one of those when I looked at the title, I'm like, what what is this one? A lion and a unicorn. Uh I don't know about this. (laughs) No, I just don't know it by title. (laughs) I'm still like, apparently it's a reference to England, which who knew? I only know it from the a poem that was in, I think, Alice Through the Looking Glass. Ah, yes, that's probably what it is. Oh, have you heard my favorite poem? Oh, is that your favorite poem? Guy wearing a top hat. <laughs> <laughs> have I told you about the Jabberwock? Shut up, Jervis. Let me reference the one creepy thing from that book. Okay. All right. Yes, you're a very scary villain. We're all very upset. Without that hat, you're like three foot nothing, and you're stalking what is effectively a little girl. You are the least menacing person there is. Yes, but have you seen me crack nuts with my weird jaw? You don't even have a lower mouth. How are you doing that? I'll never tell. 
You know who would make a very good Jervis mm. in live action? Mm. Kenneth the Page. Oh my God, that would be amazing. Uh huh. He's got that same look. I kidnapped you, Ms. Lemon. <laughs> okay. Let me tell you now about the lion and also the unicorn. Mm-hmm. Interior, bat cave, day, or night. How the fuck can you tell? You should really put a big clock in here, Bruce. <laughs> Slow push in on Dick Grayson, doing one thing we know he actually knows how to do, acrobatic gymnastics type stuff. Mom, mom, look at me. Look what I can do on the parallel bars. Are you looking? Mom, 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 mom. Okay, he doesn't actually say any of this because his mom is dead. Mostly, he just moans that Alfred isn't bringing him a cheese sandwich or cleaning up his towels fast enough. It's near sterling archer levels of servant disrespect, and I'm left wishing that someone would teach this punk a lesson about what a badass Alfred really is. And unlike my wishes about the current state of our culture or the current state of my flooded basement, this one actually comes true. Old Alfie's run off, don't you know? Something to do with his untold and extremely cool past with MI... Five? Six? He was in one of those Mission Impossible deals, for sure. Which means he was basically James Bond, except then he decided to put all of that away to feather dust Cheeto leavings from Dick Grayson's NES controllers. Poor bastard. But now, despite his best efforts to leave a life of service behind him, he finds himself inexorably drawn back into the thick of things. Which is British for, every time I think I'm out, they pull me back in. <laughs> See, it seems Alfred has one half of a code that grants access to England's nukes. And the guy who has the other half has not only already been captured, but has already spilled his half of the code. But fear not, nobody can keep a secret like Alfred Pennyworth. Because, seriously, just imagine what the Joker would do if he realized Robin still wets his bed at age 20. <laughs> oh, and did I mention that the person who kidnapped both Alfred and his former spy friend is none other than that international fiend Red Claw? No? Well, I'm mentioning it now. She threatens to launch the missiles if she's not paid a ridiculous ransom, which is some pretty next-level villainy for any of Batman's bad guys who aren't Ra's al Ghul. Are you sure it's wise making those threats before you have both halves of the code? asks her surprisingly insightful henchman. Oh, please, says Redclaw. It's not like I won't finally drag that out of this dashing bald gentleman here through the use of heavy drugs and then almost immediately be defeated by Batman, who has taken a strange interest in said dashing bald gentleman for reasons I dare not contemplate. Actually, to quote a much dumber Batman villain, it's a lot like that. <clears throat> this does force the question, though, if there hadn't been this extremely unlikely and tenuous connection to Batman, would anyone have actually stopped Redclaw from nuking England? As far as we know, there are no other superheroes operating in the DCAU yet. Well, okay, I guess technically there's one, if Robin even counts. You know, I'm saying officially on the record that he doesn't because, and I realize this may be news to some of you, Robin kind of sucks. I actually, you bring up a good point with this one. That and Robin sucks? Yes, an excellent point that I think we should uh, talk about <laughs> quite a bit. Yeah, uh, we've never brought that up before. No, not at all. It's uh, it's a, it's it's new. Mm-hmm. But uh, no, I was actually thinking about this when I was re- when, for uh, the next episode, which is who stops these guys when Batman's doing something else? Yeah. Like, particularly this, there's nobody in England taking care of this stuff. I would love to see friggin the DCAU version of John Constantine just like, oh, crap, I've got to stop this international terrorist somehow. Ah, oh, fuck, Wait. I fell over because I'm drunk. Wait a minute. This ain't magic. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. <laughs> Oh, bloody hell. Stroof. I've been listening to a lot of uh, the, the this very old like influence on Monty Python and a bunch of other stuff, The Goon Show, like, mm-hmm. which is an excellent sort of absurdist radio show, British radio show from the 50s. And I just could like, I kept sort of like crossing my references. It's like, no, make sure I write about things that actually happened. 
not things I just heard on this British radio show. This this episode, this is my bad thing. Um, this episode's British accents get into Nick and Willikin's terror like levels of Britishness. How dare you! This episode, this episode is so British that I spent half of it going, "How British is this episode, Bond?" Okay, here's the thing. I saw that I saw that you wrote that down, and I looked it up. Most of the voice actors are actually British; they're not people putting on accents. So, well, they are still saying things like well, "stone the crows." Here's what I think your problem is: the dialogue was clearly written by Americans who don't know what British people actually mm-hmm. sound like. And the British people who showed up in the booth just read what was in front of them because that's how you get paid. Uh huh. Stone a crow. Yeah, all right. <laughs> Blimey. What a thing to happen. Mm hmm. Who delay? <laughs> Which is definitely a British thing. What British people are always saying to one another. Look, there was an acclaimed video game featuring British people mm-hmm. where that happened. So you can play you. it right now. It's free. Yes, it is. Nickandwillikins.com. Mm hmm. Matt and I wrote that, if you didn't we, know. We, we did write that. Wrote, produced, mm-hmm. starred in. Pretty good. Pretty we good made game. a video game, That's which yeah. is a thing I still need to tell myself occasionally. It's also on Steam and mm-hmm. other places. Like, it's it's out there. It's well-reviewed uh, on Steam. And again, free. Mm-hmm. So You, you can just have it. Too. Yeah. Um... But yeah, I did look up if they were actually British people or, you know, American voice mm-hmm. actors. And there there were some American voice actors, but a lot of British people, including mm-hmm. the singer, Adam Ant. That was weird. Like, I saw that when I was looking mm-hmm. at the uh, at the cast. And I don't know a whole lot about Adam Ant. I don't know anything about Adam Ant, except that they might be giants did a song called XTC versus Adam Ant. Mm-hmm. But I think he's like a 70s glam rock type guy. I think that's right. Like a lesser Bowie kind of thing. Yeah. So, all right. Or that might be Adam and the Ants. I'm not sure. Uh, same guy. Same guy. Oh, okay. Yeah. I only know that because I just looked him up. Mm. But, you know, that's kind of interesting. Yeah. Or as the British people would say, quite interesting, which means not very interesting in British. That's not very interesting at all. But quite in, in British English means not very. That's so weird. Whereas quite here means a lot. Which is odd because QI is quite interesting. That's the point is this is all kind of useless trivia that you sort of nod if you hear it at a party, but it's not actually very interesting. Whereas mm-hmm. I always interpreted that to mean this stuff is fascinating. Yeah. No, no. So I missed the, the sort of titular joke there on the I, show. I guessed. Yeah. Um, But I, I didn't mind the Britishness, to be honest. Like we, we went to where Alpha's from and mm-hmm. got to, you know. Like the the scenery was very good. There was there was this cool grain effect, and I don't know if it was an effect or if it was just a bad transfer. But it feels like it was on purpose. Like what it ended up feeling like was like an old noir film shot in fog to indicate that you're in London. Yeah, I assumed that they were trying to make it look foggy. Yeah, which it it kind of did, mm-hmm. but it also looked like sort of an old school cheap movie effect to yeah. make it look foggy, which I actually kind of like. Yeah, but it also just might have been. You know, grainy. I don't know. I can't tell. Yeah. Looks it's a good, mystery. Though. Yeah. yeah. The uh, the two thugs that come for Alfred, by the way, are named Bert and Ernie. Of course they are. And they look like the uh, they look like the goons from 101 Dalmatians. <laughs> I I saw that movie once when I was little, so I don't have a good memory of that. But that's, yeah. that's probably on purpose. We got to do something to kidnap all these Dalmatians so we can make them into a coat for this woman. What a strange well, thing to make a movie about. Well, I'll grab my flat cap, I suppose. 
You know, you can just buy some Dalmatians, right? Mm -hmm. Or, you know, a fur coat made of much better fur than dog fur. Dog fur. No, I want, I want, I want, is this a special coat? Did Cruella DeVille have a British accent? She must have. It was set in Britain. Well, I mean, I know, but you could have made her an evil American and that could have been like, you know, part of the thing. I suppose that's true. I don't know. Glenn Close played her in like the live action version, but I don't remember. Yeah, no, I'm not sure. Okay, it so next matter. week we'll be watching 101 Dalmatians. <laughs> you know what? No, we're not. <laughs> you can. I'm not going to stop you from doing it. But I don't like watching movies. They're too long. <laughs> I mean, and, and reviewing them. I enjoy watching movies. Sure. By the way, if you contribute to our Patreon, <laughs> you can hear us review movies. <laughs> you can hear us be mad about movies. I just, look, it's great doing a show that's over in 22 minutes now. Mm-hmm. At least they're short movies, you know? I mean, I guess. They're still very long, though. Um, I, Speaking of people doing ridiculous accents, mm-hmm. this is actually not exactly my good thing, but it's kind of a, it's kind of leads me to my good thing. Okay, I was wrong. Red Claw is not the DC Animated Universe's version of Craven like I thought before. Mm. I, re- I was remembering incorrectly. She's pretty much the DC Animated Universe's version of Cobra Commander or maybe Destro? <laughs> Like, there's still really just not much to her, but no. I really enjoy this weird, vaguely Eastern European mercenary lady trying to take over the world and getting into extremely classic Bond villain-style situations. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I assume Bond, I haven't actually seen a lot of Bond, but she reminds me a bit of Hank Scorpio, too. <laughs> Homer, if you could kill someone on the way out, it would really help me. Sorry, it's not an individual packet. <laughs> you ever see a man say goodbye to a shoe before? <laughs> I, just, I don't know. Seriously. It's not a so bad it's good and it's not a camp thing. I legit enjoy her being a straight up global scale supervillain. Yeah. Which apart from Raish, who has a real political agenda, Batman doesn't have. Well it was kinda of, I was watching it today, I'm kinda of like, I wonder what to see those guys fight. Yeah. No, and I I had a like I said, I had a distinct memory of her being the craven of this yeah. world and I was way off with no, that. She's like uh, yeah. But she's still I don't know. She's just fun. Like, if you're going to do a kidnapping old spies and threatening mm. to nuke England Blow if you don't pay her, pay her a billion pounds or whatever it was, like, I, I she's a good choice. Like, which one of Batman's guys could do that? And yeah. Raish wouldn't do that. Like, he's got a, again, he's got his political agenda. So, like. I, 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 I've got five billion pounds, detective, and I'm not super interested in blowing up London, honestly. No, I mean. I, I'm not quite sure where I'm from in this world, but it could very well be London. You, you sound like you're from England. I do, don't I? Yes, but my name is also in Arabic or something like that, so maybe I'm from the Middle East? Yes. Not sure. <laughs> Unclear. No one grows a beard like I do, detective. Well, that's certainly true. <laughs> that's not as much of a compliment as you think, though. I got this beard from Napoleon 600 years ago. That's weird, because Napoleon was alive 200 years ago. I'm starting to find certain holes in your saying that, you're, that you've are that you been alive for six centuries, Roz. Well, this is the first, like, I don't, I, the, the next episode, which actually Raish appears in and mm-hmm. actually says he's 600 years old. Yeah. That is, was that the first time he says that? I think so. I, he said the last time he showed up that he'd been alive for centuries, so. Yeah, but that But I don't know, be- I don't remember if we had a specific year. That could be as little as two centuries, mm-hmm. though. Like, that's how plurals work. Oh, well, that's barely old at all. Well, but, I mean, relatively speaking. 
200 like, years old, he's practically a baby. I mean, compared to Vandal Savage, he is. Oh, yeah. Compared to, I'm sure there's other DC guys who are older than that. Mm. Um, but no, Amanda and I were actually talking about this today. Like, how old is Rage supposed to be in this like this version mm. of him? Like, I'm sure the comics one has changed over the years as their yeah, that's continuity has changed. changed. But, yeah. But this one's usually pretty consistent. And I was like, and he finally said, like, oh, well, good. When 600 um, years old you reach, look so good, you will not, detective. But that also means he probably isn't from England, because 600 years ago, like, England was mired in some, like, you know. Yeah. <laughs> like, rubbing filth on each other, you know, we're in, like, uh, Monty Python on the Holy Grail times there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he wasn't a king, so, you know. I didn't vote for you. <laughs> yeah. Whereas... If he were from the Middle East, th mm -hmm. those guys were thriving at that point. Oh, yeah. So that, that makes a little more sense for this civilized, intelligent gentleman. Mm. Anyway, that's that's the other episode. This one. The thing that sucks most about being in England 600 years ago is you can't find a green suit to save your life. I mean, it's weird, right? I came here because I heard that song, Green Sleeves, <laughs> and you would think, green sleeves, green suit, but no. See, that's the worst part. I found the sleeves just fine, see? It's the rest of the shirt I can't find. Oh, excuse me, the rest of the shirt. Not to mention the cloak or <clears throat> cape. This and is I must, why... of course, have my Dracula trophy. This is why I never got around to taking over the world before Batman was born. I was too busy trying to assemble this suit. <laughs> but speaking of old British gentlemen. Yes. This is where we get Alfred's backstory. Yes, this was great. Now, we've talked about this on the show and I've, I've forgotten because that's what I do. Sure. Uh, when did the idea of Alfred having a background in British intelligence originate in the comics? That's an excellent I think. I think it was the 70s. Okay. Which was sort of when they started bringing in a lot more of the more sort of like realistic stuff. Yeah, grounding it in sort of, yeah, because after after Batman 66, they I know they wanted to kind of correct for some of the wackiness. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if it was like post-crisis stuff too. Like, so like in the 80s. Um, you're talking like late '80s there, which is pretty close to when they made this, though. Yeah, that's what I'm. That's what I'm getting at. Is it? Is it one of those things like Bane, where it was a very recent thing in the comics, where they're like, "Yeah, we'll use that," or yeah. was it a well-established thing that they could build on? Th that's an excellent question. I'm not sure. I know because the original Alfred was a joke. Well, of course. Basically, he was like Batman's goofy butler. I mean, everyone had a butler at one mm -hmm. point in like '30s movies, and you know, like I, I get it. Mm -hmm. And they hadn't really done the whole, like, Batman was raised by him. They, it was mm -hmm. like, uh, yes, I showed, I showed up to, to honor my father's last wishes. Uh, mm -hmm. How can we stop Alfred from finding out that we're Batman? We? <laughs> I'm a different person, Batman. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's definitely true. Interesting. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I like... That we lo well, first of all, I like having an Alfred adventure mm -hmm. again. This is not the first time this has happened. That doesn't really have anything to do with Batman. Batman becomes involved with it, yeah. but Alfred has a life outside of Bruce and had a life before he met the Waynes. Yeah, his whole deal is basically like you know, I he used to do like, like he worked for MI6. I looked this one up. Well, what they what what Bruce told Dick mm -hmm. was he was a diplomatic attache. Mm -hmm. 
what the conversation with his colleague at the end implied was that he was a straight up spy. And yeah. I might be reading too much into that, but what I like is maybe Bruce doesn't know the full story. I kind of like that a lot. It's just... Maybe Alfred was straight up James Bond mm-hmm. and and uh, uh, Batman just thinks he, he was like a, like a bean counter for the spy agency. So what did you used to do? Just clerical work, Master Bruce. Nothing worth talking about. Sometimes I would, you know, decode, like, intercepted mm-hmm. uh, uh, communiques and such, but, uh, you know, nothing. I didn't carry a gun, certainly. Yeah. Oh, of course not. I, I, I feel like he did, and oh, yeah. he's doing the full-on Bond seducing ladies and, you know, drinking the martini and all that stuff. I, that's basically what that fucking uh, Pennyworth show is. I mean, that's not a bad idea for a show, but if there's no connection to Batman, then why is it Alfred? I mean, that's the thing, right? Yeah. It's supposed to be about him and uh, uh, Thomas Wayne, like, post-World War II, I think. So they're just doing Agent Carter, but with Alfred. Exactly. Okay. And I haven't seen it because it's on one of those streaming networks that, like... Yeah, nobody cares about. I'm covered, guys. Thanks. I don't need to, you know, watch... Let's see. I, mean, uh, I don't I mean, know. You... Uh, CBS All Access. <laughs> well, we don't need to now. No, we don't. We're free for uh-huh. for now. We might. I can set it for HBO Go or whatever the fuck it's called. I think everything is calling itself Plus now. That's right. Because Disney Plus took off, so they're like, "Oh yeah, we're Paramount Plus, and mm-hmm. we're Warner." Okay, whatever. Warner um, Plusers. Sure. <laughs> um. But, uh, I mean, I don't know. You sat through Gotham, which is kind of the same idea of, like, Garfield without Garfield. I mean, that's true. The nice thing about Gotham was that it was stupid. Well, all right. I can't and speak I... to I can't speak to Pennyworth whether it's stupid or not, but... Uh... Well, the real test, and you can't tell right now because of all the quarantine madness, but, you know, could you watch it with your mom? Mm-hmm. Because I know that was... You enjoyed that with Yeah, with that was one mom. of the few things we bonded over. Which is... A very odd, like, I don't know your mom that well, but Mm -hmm. I never got the impression from her she would watch Gotham. I mean, we used to, like, when I was still, when I was still back in Canada, we would, like, we used to watch occasional TV shows shows together, like. Sure, of course. That's how we watched Arrested Development. But when Gotham came out, she was like, do you want to watch this? And I was like, okay. You want to watch this? All right. All right. (laughs) And then it turned out to be insane. I mean, that sounds great. Uh Uh-huh. But this, this episode, it very much. Like like I said, maybe I was reading between the lines, but I think Alfred was like a like a full on spy. Yeah, it's kind of cool. That's very cool. Yeah, and unfortunately, we don't see him use those skills to help Batman I, a lot. I like, would have liked to have seen some. There, there's the bit where um, uh, Red Claw gives him the uh, the truth serum, mm-hmm. and like she doesn't think she's broken him, but like yeah. he's just telling like a like some rhyme or whatever that's actually the password. And when it fir- he first started, and he's, like, mumbling gibberish, I'm like, oh, I see. This is, like, some spy thing he was trained in where, like, in order to not tell the truth on truth serum, like, he, he spouts, like, gibberish or, like, something. Like, I thought that, unrelated. or I thought or I thought maybe Bruce taught him some techniques to, like, you know, mm-hmm. protect his identity if somehow he ever got kidnapped or yeah. whatever. Yeah, which would be a problem. Yeah. He's but, got a big secret to to protect, and yeah. only a very small handful of trusted people know it, and also Robin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, so Robin, uh, who's Batman under the mask? It's Bruce Wayne! Oh, Can shit! Can you believe it? There was something I wasn't supposed to tell you. Uh, oh, shit. well, I didn't tell you I'm Dick Grayson, so... <laughs> well, that goes without saying that uh, 
Yeah. Bruce Wayne, also known as Batman's ward, would be Robin. Does it? <laughs> oh, you're a better detective than I am. Well, and I'm a very good detective. <laughs> so is that hat stand. <laughs> I look forward to working with you, hat stand. <laughs> so we're going to catch the penguin. <laughs> I mean, maybe. He's That's about at his level. Hats. Yeah. Uh, so speaking of Robin, as we so often do. There's a point at which Batman and Robin are infiltrating Red Claw's castle stronghold and they're doing that sneak around quietly and take out the guards thing. And mm-hmm. Robin grabs, like, looks at one of the guards and goes, shh, before he takes him out. And even then I wanted him to shut up. Just Here, shut up. Here's what pissed me off about that scene is that Robin does the shh thing and then the guy takes a swing at him. It's like, yep. dude, the, the, that's the part where you punch him in the face. You go shh and then you punch him in the face. Yep. That's how that works. You don't like, shh. Okay, yeah. now you hit me with a chair leg. <laughs> anyway, that was my bad thing. He's just, come on, man. Yeah, seriously. What do you even bring to this team? Robin, you're very bad at this. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to be like the Bat family, man, and you're, you're just not pulling your weight. We might need to make it a rule that we can't say that the bad thing is that Robin sucked this episode. I mean, back when we were covering Star Trek The Next Generation, we said you can't make Wesley your bad thing every week. Yeah. The thing is, we're real, real close to him not being Robin anymore, and I kind of like him as Nightwing. Mm Mm-hmm. Because they lean into how much he sucks, and that's kind of built into the character. And But I I like that. I legit like that he kind of resents Bruce, and he thinks he's a grown-up now, and Mm -hmm. like he's he's that sort of... I don't know, he's like 22 years old and just moved out on his own and got his first job and he's like trying to pay the check to show his dad that he's a big shot uh-huh. kind of thing. You know that real specific vibe? Oh, yeah. And he's... He, I'm not a little so, kid anymore, Batman. He's so good at writing that. Uh-huh. Like, all, all these guys are so good at writing him that way. He's, he really works that way. And when he plays off Tim, who is much more of an effective Robin, mm-hmm. it's it's so like, you could have been like this. What's wrong with you? Why are you so terrible? Yeah. But we're barely talking about, like, this whole thing. Like, yeah. I, I loved... Is, yeah. It, it had a lot of, like... Again, I don't really know James Bond. I sort of know it secondhand through sure. pop culture. But come on. A castle where someone is ransoming, like, a major mm-hmm. world city if they don't pay them an absurd amount of money yeah. and all that stuff. That's very, very James good. Bond, as far yeah. as I know. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. No, it's, a, I, it's, like, it's like we were talking about it earlier. It's like the Roz thing again. It's like make it's giving Batman bigger stakes, and I like that. Yeah. But in a different way, too. Mm-hmm. It's not the same thing. It's not destroy the world. It's I just want a lot of money. I just want all the money. Because I'm a mercenary. You're a mercenary. And, like, Kate Mulgrew's Russian accent is not good, but it's fun. That's a real shame she plays a Russian uh, mob character in Orange is the New Black, huh? I wonder if this is what got her that, like, got that role or at least got that audition. And it's like, yeah, when I was a kid, I saw you play this real cheesy, over-the-top Eastern mm-hmm. European villain. I bet you could do that. Yes, I could do it. Oh, yes, Musin Squirrel. <laughs> I also like her, like... At one point, her reaction when Batman shows up is, how could he possibly have known? And I like, I kind of like the idea that criminals have this weird image of Batman having this weird omnipotence of like, uh-huh. like he just sort of lucked into this one like we talked about. Yeah. But this would make a criminal think, wait, 
I was real careful, and I got nowhere near Gotham, and Batman's still here. How this the guy... fuck did you pull this off? Yeah. That kind of adds to his, like, mystique, I think. Also, I really like him working with, like, the British government. Yeah, I mean, they don't really like him. No, well, why would they? He, fucking, they're in a meeting or whatever, and, like, fucking Batman and his idiot sidekick just sort of sidelig go, don't let me interrupt you. What were you talking about with these, with this incredibly important espionage? But also, he's. it's not like Jim Gordon, where, first yeah. of all, they have an established relationship, but second of all, he's in an open window of a public building. Mm. These guys are in, like, their secret situation room. Yeah. That he pulled that Batman sneak in shit on. Like, they they should shoot him on sight. Yeah. I'm sorry, who let you in exactly? Mm-hmm. I do like, and this might just be how they uh, how they say it over there, mm-hmm. but I like that the folder, he, he the, the file he takes is marked most secret. Mm-hmm. That's, the, that's very British. Yes. Oh, this is most secret. Please, please do take a care, take care, uh, and not uh, not spill that to the Russians. There's a good lad. Oh, top secret! Is that the most secret secrets that you have over there in the in the colonies? Well, let me tell you about over here in England, where things are most secret. Now, you don't get much more secret than that, do you, Batman? Now, see this file here that says quite secret. That's not actually very secret at all, as it turns out. Yes, you'd think it was quite secret, but in fact, it's not secret at all. That's why when we take the quiet off, there's not underneath. It's a, it's a cunning ruse to, f- to bamboozle the Russians. I got lost in it for a second there. Wait, I mean, it's easy to do. We did it for years. We certainly did. Oh, it's delightful. Bloody hell. Certainly is. I'm just going to nip down the pub for some kippers, don't you know? There was a bit in the Goon Show, as I was talking about before, Mm -hmm. that was like, the the joke was based around a a London accent, and it was was absolutely delightful. It was, um, well, they told me to lead you on a wild goose chase, and then uh, uh, leave you to die. (laughs) To die? Well, to die tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) I thought that was very good. Good. Yeah. That's the kind of humor that show did. It was very fun. Mm-hmm. Uh there was a very good death trap. The uh the second act uh cliffhanger was the floor was literally lava. Yep. They were pouring some hot it might have been acid, but it was red. Boiling and bird acid. <laughs> bird acid? Yeah, it was coming out of bird heads. Oh, well that's because the castle was very stylish. Mm-hmm. But it was something red and dangerous on the floor where they had to like, you know, run away from it and uh, it just looked good in the castle. I don't know. I know how to fix this, Batman. I've practiced. Get on the couch as quickly as possible. <laughs> now we leap to the Ottoman. Mm-hmm. I'm not talking about Thanksgiving's Day Ottomans. Or <laughs> Osmonds. <laughs> Speaking of superego bits from 10 years ago that we're still quoting. Uh-huh. That's one of the three things. Uh-huh. Well, there's also that uh, the Christmas one where Paul F. Tompkins calls in as a fireman and the... Uh, <laughs> DJ says, never forget. And he says, never forget to end my life. Well, it's always nice to hear from a woman. <laughs> the darkest shit I have ever heard. Uh-huh. So good. <laughs> All right. Do we have anything else about this episode? That's everything I got. Uh, I mean, you we covered your good thing, but did you officially... Like, oh, uh, what was my bad thing? Uh, uh, oh, no, you Oh, no, about we did my accent. bad thing. My good thing no, was you're... basically just, this is a good Alfred episode. I like, uh, I like tackling... Uh, uh, yeah, I, any kind of I, history. I wish he'd had a little more. Like you had started to say this, and I think we get 
like we we're we're more uh, distractible than usual this week for some. I reason. can't imagine why. I there's nothing going on. No, not at all. Make us try to not think about things. But no, you like. I think what you were starting to say a few minutes ago was mm. there, like the, Alfred could have taken maybe a more active role. Yeah, I would have liked to have really seen see like. He's basically tied to a chair, and he is resisting the uh, the, the interrogation, but mm-hmm. that's about it. I, mean, I would have loved, loved if, like, we had Alfred as, as like, oh, I've got to take care, care of this uh, leftover business from back in the bad old days, don't you know? Uh, Master well, yeah. Bruce, you probably shouldn't come along for this. And just well, the, a lot of, like, Alfred, like, doing stuff with Batman just going, like, you know how to do that. Yeah. And... The the move in like your your sort of stock standard uh, action movie is in the third act, like surrounded by thugs. Thing, mm-hmm. Alfred and Batman standing back to back fighting them. Yeah, how good would that be? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So missed opportunity there. But instead, we got Kid Idiot. Ah, he wasn't in it that much. We just we've really got this in our teeth, so you know. Mm-hmm. Also, I wasn't like the the plot was so straightforward. I wasn't sure how to summarize it, so I just well. Robin's an easy target. I'll mm-hmm. just, I'll just focus on him. Fun too. <laughs> Podcasters can be so mean. Mm-hmm. We can. Yay! Yeah. All right. You got a quote? Uh, no, because this no, is your episode. Because yeah, this is my episode. I have a quote. Oh boy, <laughs> podcasters can be so flighty. We can. Yeah. Actually, you had written this down as your quote is why I said that. Oh. You, like, it was one of those, if it had been my episodes kind of thing, because you wrote down that you really liked it. Oh, that And I agreed. Sense. This is, um, this is just, this is Red Claw making her threat and uh, just putting a little British spin on it, mm-hmm. which I rather liked. Londoners, your ancient city may pride itself on having survived plagues, fires, even the Blitz. But unless five billion pounds are delivered to me by midnight tonight, there'll be nothing left to survive. We have Blair Kwan Castle and its missile installation and the codes to operate the missile. You have one hour. Otherwise, I'll be forced to plant this warhead in the middle of Trafalgar Square. And if I do that, well, <laughs> God save the Queen. I quite like saved the queen mm-hmm. and did those feet in ancient times. <laughs> it's not really a threat, is it? It's more of a sort of lyric you remember. It's a reference, in it, in it. Vale, Rue Britannia, I guess. <laughs> All right, now, not quite the uh, the hard sort of like uh, whiplash of last week, but pretty close. It's pretty whiplashy. I mean, this yeah, is whiplash with any fucking episode of this show. I mean, from Bane to Baby Doll was pretty harsh, but yes. this is this is pretty this is pretty close there. Why don't you tell us about Showdown? So it's another quiet night in Gotham City. Haha, <laughs> just kidding. There are no quiet nights in Gotham City. The Joker lives here. And an army of black costumed Spider Mans have infiltrated an old age home. Luckily, Batman is on the case, just on the off chance that anyone is trying to steal some old people. He identifies the culprit in question as Raz al Ghul and is preparing to chase him to the airport when he finds that Raz has left him a mixtape. Songs that make me think of you, detective, has been written on the label in Sharpie. It opens with Bella Lugosi is dead, which Batman thinks is a pretty obvious choice. Raz, come on. But on the other side is the story of how in 1883, Raz and this dude, Arcady Duval, were trying to blow up a railroad in the wild, wild west. 
and trying to stop them was grumpy face scar haver and unfortunate fan of dressing like a Confederate soldier. Come on, dude, read the room. Jonah Hex. Hex is a bounty hunter tracking Duval, and if that means inconveniencing 1880s ass Roz and his Monopoly Man cosplay, well then, so the hell be it. Hex tracks Duval to whatever mine he's hiding out in and finds Duval and Roz and Roz's current army of British jerks building a giant steampunk helicarrier to blow up the new railway. After that, they'll make Roz King of America or whatever, which would be infinitely better than whatever we currently have. Mm-hmm. Then Jonah Hex runs around a whole lot, kill- definitely kills a bunch of people, and has a sword-slash-knife fight with Duval that fucking rules. The helicarrier crashes, Hex captures Duval, and Roz escapes to be stopped by, I don't know, enough various superheroes that he still hasn't taken over the world or whatever by the time Batman shows up. Back in the present, whatever time that might be, <laughs> Batman finishes listening to the tape and deduces that Roz has kidnapped Ar- Ar- Arkady from the old age home and is finally bringing him home-, him home. Why now, Batman asks. Because he's my son, detective. And surely being grounded for a hundred years is enough punishment for crashing my cool death blimp. Batman suspects that this is bad parenting, but he raised Robin, so he doesn't have a leg to stand on here. <laughs> See? Easy uh-huh. and fun. Yep. Now, I got to ask, was this Duval dude uh, in any way related to your partner? I asked, and she said no. No. Well, that's too bad. And, I mean, she knows all of the Western uh, criminals from her from her family, so. I assume her, her family history is just a series of Old West Wanted posters, like everyone's is, Oh, right? absolutely. You get back far enough, and it's like, uh, one-eyed Duval. <laughs> There's a, there was a QI episode, and I don't remember which of the panelists said this but like if you go back far enough we're all related to winnie the pooh or something like they (laughs) they 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 miss they misinterpreted like historical figures with uh, fictional characters (laughs) if you go back far enough we're all related to fictional characters like no well very few few people know this but winnie the pooh was the genghis khan of his time well that was that was where it started yeah Uh, yeah um also I'm sorry, I don't know what Wild Wild West is. Do you mean Wiki Wild Wild The Wiki Wiki Wild Wild West. Wiki Wild, Wiki Wiki Wild? Mm -hmm. Okay. Which will always be the number one go-to for any weird Western that you might happen to be watching. Well, that actually brings me to my good thing. Mm -hmm. So, nerds love to talk about steampunk, Mm -hmm. like, as a whole genre, but, like, it exists in, you know, comics and books and, like, sort of role-playing games and stuff, but there still, to this day, haven't really been any major, like you know big media events like yeah. movies or or long running tv series That's the... there there was wild wild west from the 60s mm-hmm. and then there was the movie of the same name but yeah. there hasn't been a ton of really high profile like don't name a direct to video thing i mean high profile no, big no. budget profitable movies you're absolutely right it's weird too because like steampunk was a big deal back in the sort of like aughts i recall yeah. like as it, far as yeah. like comics and stuff go yeah it doesn't show up a lot though it's no. weird but here this might have been to this point in 1995 or whenever this aired, the most steampunk we'd actually gotten in mainstream media. And it yeah. looks very like the look of it is amazing. Like, like all of Raish's, not just the costumes and all his dudes mm-hmm. who look like circa 1890s AIM guys. Yeah. But also his, his blimp and his whole like destroy the railroads machinery, all just like you could tell the design guys loved this. Oh yeah. Well, so much care put into the stuff. This whole this whole episode is very different than what the show normally is. And like uh, Yeah, but I if could... you do if you do a Western mm-hmm. like Cowboy Stroll and the, the first minute or two is 
cowboy strolls into town, goes into the saloon, and yeah. all that looks cool and different from the rest of the show. But what I'm talking about is that extra aesthetic of like the technology. Mm-hmm. But anyway, go ahead. Oh no, I could just I could definitely see them having a having a blast with this, just because it's so different than anything else they do. Yeah. The the idea at all that they were like, let's just take this one episode of Batman and do it about Jonah Hex, a mm-hmm. C ra- a C rate Western character, like. Mm-hmm. Like well, they're starting they're starting to think about who is in the DC universe mm-hmm. that isn't directly Batman related that isn't a villain. Yeah. Like they're starting to expand. He's, you know, more of an anti-hero than a straight up hero. Oh, definitely. Matt points out in the summary like he murders a lot of people. Oh yeah. As close as you can get on this show. Mm-hmm. But he's also the closest thing to another hero we've seen in this world so mm-hmm. far. Like, we'll get sort of a retcon when Superman comes yeah. around that he's, you know, he's Clark's growing up in Smallville right now. Yeah. Well, and the further we get along, we get stuff like, oh, we don't have the JSA. I always want to bring up the JSA, and they don't they don't no. exist in this universe, and I got to keep reminding myself of that. We do get an alternate reality where they're a thing. Yeah, but that's it. Like, yeah, they don't, in the history, in the timeline of the show, they don't. Uh, there is a time travel episode uh, where they go back to World War II times, and there are some... Like, the Blackhawks are there. Like, there's definitely some mm. DC history there, but I don't know that any super-powered guys are No, there. those are, like, military guys. Yeah. You know, you get, like, the Blackhawks and, like, Sergeant Rock or whatever, like the war hero guys. Right, 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 right. But, yeah, I can't think of in this timeline if there's, a, like, Jonah Hex might be it. Yeah. So, like, bit. God, Batman might just be the first superhero, which is weird. Well, that's... No, I mean, that's kind of like when the Marvel Cinematic Universe started with Iron Man. It's that, just like, you, uh, you got me there. Okay, this character worked. Now let's build mm-hmm. on that. Much and, stranger choice to start a universe with. Again, I remember in the for in the premiere, it's a three-parter, the the Superman premiere. Mm-hmm. Um when Ma Kent's putting his uh suit together for the first time, she talks about it like it should be colorful instead of that that creepy dark guy in Gotham, which <laughs> what that means, first of all, it's a nice little nod, but second and, and a good way to establish like the the contrast, but also says Batman is already a thing before Superman even becomes mm. Superman. Like, Batman in-universe is around. It's not like he's kicking around and we just haven't met him yet. Like, yeah. No, Batman, like, he's he's around and he's alive and he's got his powers, but he hasn't, like, he hasn't become Superman. Yeah. That's my point. So, that's kind of cool. But, yeah, Jonah Hex, like, th- this was really out of left field in a way. Like It was. And this is great. Yeah. Uh, I love Jonah Hex. Do you? I really do. Um... I, I have read... no real opinion of him. Tell me, and the listeners, like who is sort of the definitive run? Like what, what era of comics or what run of comics made him made you love him? I so I got into the character through uh, Jimmy Palmiotti and Justin Gray. I think are the names. Did a ru- a long run on the character back in the uh, back in the aughts when I was working at the comic store. Okay, and that's sort of when I got into the character, and then. Mm-hmm. From there, like, there was just something about it that sort of, like, that sort of, like, piqued my interest. And I think it's just the, it's a good visual. Yeah. Honestly. Like, the, it's a cool looking character. Yeah. Uh, and from there I went back, I bought, there was an Essentials, uh, one of the black and white, like, phone books that right. I got in, like, the 70s comics. And I read through that and it's a lot of really good, like, sort of one-off, uh, like, 70s Western stories. And I really like that. Mm-hmm. Uh Jar Lansdale, who I've talked about before, and I believe did the teleplay for this episode, oh. uh, did a couple of Vertigo miniseries with the character that I also really liked. So, 
Okay, so there's a bunch. Yeah, I got into a, I like I got in through that, and like okay. I just really like the character. He's a neat sort of like asshole anti antihero character to like. Yeah, but he's basically like Clint Eastwood's man with no name, exactly. but in the DC universe. Yeah, but Which I mean, like fine. you know, when you're doing a comic, you can't like it's better to have some kind of like cool visual look, you know. Well, hence and, the scar, and the fact that he's all I, well. As as uh, non-relative uh, Mallory Duvall pointed out, <laughs> like, he's got two-faced disease. He does. He has two-faced disease. Mm -hmm. Which, I don't know that they made that entirely clear. In some of the shots, it just looks like he's got a weird face. Like, yeah. Because it's a kid's show, I don't think they can make it really obvious that he was scarred, but I was... Well, they... Like, I wasn't real clear on that. They definitely didn't like, well, someone heated up a tomahawk and then hit me in the face with it, and now I, I've got this weird lip thing. Yeah. And a giant eyeball. Yeah, no, well, I think he's got no eyelid on one side. Yeah. I think he's just a permanently exposed eyeball. Which How's your eye there, the, Jonah? Not great. Out there on the dusty plains, mm -hmm. like, must get real dry. <sighs> dry. I think some dust got under my contact lens. <clears throat> How do you have a contact lens in 1883? It's a steampunk thing. <laughs> it's not I mean, all, just, it's not all giant blimps. Do you just mean a monocle? <laughs> Maybe. But I shoved it in there. Which, That's not great. Which Raish has, by the way, a monocle. Oh my like, god! The look of him with his mutton chops and his fancy lad like outfit—he he looked fantastic. I mentioned I mentioned this in the summary, but I love his Mister Monopoly look. Oh yeah, no, he looks like a he looks like a tycoon. Yep, of like a robber baron of yep. the era. It's very. I've good. come here to buy and sell oil, detective. Oil's or, not a thing yet. I guess you're not a detective. I don't know what to call you. Uh, mm -hmm. Law um, man, that'll do. Mm -hmm. Have you considered marrying my daughter, who won't be born for another few years? I don't know if she like she might be kept young via the Lazarus. Yeah, that's the we thing. Don't we don't know what Talia's deal. We still don't know what Talia's deal is. Like this dude, uh, his son was in prison and didn't have access to mm -hmm. it, and now I think his mind is too far gone to to throw him in there. <sighs> like you could fix his body, but he's you know. His brain's tough. Yeah, he's having a rough time. Yeah. 50 years of hard labor in the Old West will do that to you. Yeah, well, 50 years of hard labor as the Old West gave way to the modern era. Mm -hmm. It's one of those like, things where it's like, why is this guy in prison? Who cares? I don't know. He's been here since my dad was a guard. Yeah. The judge gave him consecutive 99-year sentences to send him a message, and it mm -hmm. turns out he lived that long. Never had this happen before. I don't know what we're supposed to do. Just that, like, keep him in just, prison. That's just a symbolic thing to say it's a life sentence, but he's still around. <laughs> while you were while you were in prison, we invented parole, and you didn't get it. <laughs> what? While, while you were in prison, we invented the entire 20th century, which is now almost over. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Did I miss anything? Well. well I mean... <laughs> Couple of world wars, uh, Great Depression, uh, every piece of technology that exists now—just a couple of things. Show them that video. That video of the train coming at the camera and it has a heart attack. <laughs> okay, here's where we start. If you survive this, <sighs> you got books with illustrations now. My God. Okay, now we had those back in the West. Yes, but I didn't read very much. <laughs> so. My bad thing, mm -hmm. and this is, I, I kind of blame MST3K and Rift Tracks for making me way more aware of this, mm -hmm. 
the someone telling a story framing device often doesn't work, and here it really doesn't work. Oh, yeah. Here's a cassette tape that I'm narrating for you in the car. Hello? Testing, testing. Is this thing on? Ubu. Come over here and check this. Tap, tap, tap. (laughs) What did I tape over? The Batman 89 soundtrack. I was keeping that. Wait, the Prince one or the Danny Elfman one? Oh, the Danny Elfman one's fine. You can get that anywhere. I hate to lose Bat Dance. (laughs) Um, The thing is... uh... That, like, there's a bunch of it that Race just wouldn't know. Like, the first chunk, mm-hmm. which narratively makes total sense, starts with Jonah Hex, the mysterious disfigured stranger, coming mm-hmm. into the saloon and everyone not trusting him and, like, that that very classic sort of cowboy thing. Race is not there for this. No! How is he telling this part of the story? And again, I I hate to overthink this, but it's five minutes of the 20-minute episode. Like, I, I kind of love it, though, because, like, logically... The pr- like the point of view from this would be him and his son. Like yeah. that's how the story would work. If Jonah Hex if, comes in when he throws his first exactly. punch at his and son, and then and then some asshole with a weird face showed up to try to arrest my son, tried to stop him from whipping my my workers. <laughs> but how the way dare he, he? The way he tells it is like okay, open on a on the sun coming up in the background. Like, again, it's a very classic Western thing where the stranger comes in town and everyone's sort of, like, hiding behind the piano and, mm-hmm. like, ducking under the bar, like, ooh, scary bad news guy. And then mm-hmm. the barmaid's the only one tough enough to come talk to him. And it's all very good. Like, I like that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. But, but no, it makes no sense coming from him. Also, just popping the cassette into the bat, like, this story lasted long enough for him to drive to the airport where yep. Raish was. Like, it, it, just, it doesn't... What I think they should have done is just don't worry about a framing device, just do a flashback and yeah. then cut to now and, oh, guess what? Mm-hmm. But, eh, whatever. <laughs> this, edi- um, this edition of Ra's al Ghul's tale of, of Jonah Hex arresting his son. Western tales. Brought to you by Audible. <laughs> oh, do I have to read this? Consider buying a Casper mattress. <laughs> Is that still a thing? I don't know. Talkspace.com Fleshlight. Wait, that's an old one. That's an old one. I don't know. I don't listen to the podcast. Um, but despite all that, it was uh-huh. a very good, just very good story. Um, so the barmaid, who unfortunately does not get named, no. Like I looked it up because, like, oh, maybe I missed it. No, she's just credited as barmaid, barmaid, even though she's sort of a secondary character for a good chunk. Of, like, yeah, she's the one that leads Hex to you know this whole operation. Yeah. Anyway, she was voiced by Elizabeth Montgomery, a.k.a. Samantha from Bewitched. So yeah. that was pretty cool. Yeah. Also, uh, Arkady was uh, Malcolm McDowell. Yes. Very good. Which Hearing those two together. Me? Yeah, well, because your notes say, oh, it's Malcolm McDowell. And then two notes later, it's like, that's not Malcolm McDowell. <laughs> it's very no. much Malcolm McDowell. It is. Those two were in uh, Time After Time, yes. I think, is yep. the one or somewhere the, uh, in time. Which the is time the traveling Jack the Ripper movie. Right, I always confuse that with the other one, which is Christopher Reeve as a uh, time-traveling guy from the 1800s uh-huh. also. But it's not that one, it's the other one. It's, yeah. uh, David Warner is H.G. Wells, and uh, uh, Michael McDowell is Jack the Ripper. I saw that movie, I re- I quite liked it, as I recall. Now, did you quite American like it, or quite British like it? Ah, uh, you'll never know. <laughs> also, where does Canada fit in in this whole weird quite thing? 
I quite just means like very, you know. Yeah. Okay. So you. you I'm as surprised you as you are when you told the me American that. use. Yeah. Uh, there this was is quite other... interesting. Oh well, something very interesting for me to enjoy. Oh boy. Hmm. Um. There are some other interesting voice uh, anomalies in this, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, as you caught in the in the uh, credits, there was uh, a, a government official in yeah, this. Yes. So I was watching the credits for this, and who should be voicing the. Uh, the fuck was he, the governor? Yeah, he's like a territorial governor. It's not a state yet, but he's yeah. the governor of, like, the territory. But Senator Patrick Leahy, I assume I'm saying that correctly. Yeah, I think so. And I thought to myself, Senator? Yeah. That's a no, weird was, first name. He was a sitting senator at the time. I, I believe he still is. Oh, is I mean, I looked up I mean, the, uh, that's how I looked up Congress his Wikipedia was, so. page and just like, well, what he's the a, fuck? Dude's a huge Batman fan and was also in the Christopher Nolan movies. Yeah. He was, like, in, think, like, he was in a bunch of stuff. Uh, yeah. He was in Batman and Robin and Batman Forever, I believe, too. Oh, wow. Nice. So yeah. he might be the only person to appear in these three different incarnations of Batman. Mm-hmm. I don't think anyone else has. Not even the guy but, who played Alfred did that many. No. But I think it's cool that someone completely unrelated to, like, you know, performing is like, look, I just really like Batman. Could you have something for me? Like, mm. well... Uh, I, I picture Andrea Romano listening to an audition and saying, oof, guy's oh, not an actor. I mean, uh, he was not. We, we could cast you as a politician giving a speech. <laughs> that seems about in your wheelhouse. Yep. I would be more than happy to be yeah, was, in your Batman cartoon. It was def- it definitely kind of stood out if you didn't know what the story was. It's like, mm. oh, well, this, is, this wasn't a very good casting choice. Uh, but, okay. you know. Still kind of interesting. Okay, he was in Batman Forever, mm-hmm. Batman the Animated Series, Batman and Robin, The Dark Knight, The Dark Knight Rises, and Batman versus Superman: Dawn of Justice. Oh wow! So he's yeah, been in every major Hollywood incarnation of Batman since the nineties. Yeah, that's impressive. Yeah, like no other. I don't think any other performer has because they, you know, they completely reboot it every time yeah. they they do something new. I love that's Batman, cool. and I haven't been in any Batman movies. Well, you know, we're podcasters. We don't get to do anything. Yeah, that is true. It's because we're so mean. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, and he did a, he's done introductions to like collections of Batman comics too. Well, he's a big fan. Guy likes what he likes. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um, Also showing up in this, which is probably only of interest to Matt and I, maybe, maybe some listeners who hung on from the, uh, from the early Star Trek mm. days. Jobbing voice actor Michael Bell, who did a million voices in every cartoon you know from the 80s and 90s. Uh, but we know him best as Grappler Zorn. Yep. <laughs> he's just like uh, train conductor number two or whatever. He's nobody. But like I, he stands out to me. It's like, you're going to dive under a table and lie about some apples? <laughs> oh, Commander Riker, I'm sorry for what i done. <laughs> oh, he's such a bad Grappler. Mm-hmm. This no one grapples Lord. worse than him. And yep. he's the only grappler we know. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's talk about them ninjas at the beginning that you correctly describe as Spider-Man. They sure were some Spider-Man. <laughs> they just look like black costume Spider-Man. Except when they put on their gas masks. Yep. And then they look Which... like gas Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah, gas mask Spider-Man. <laughs> they had a real uh, ninjas from the original run of the Tick vibe to oh, me. Oh, yeah. Those Ben Edlin ninjas who yep. hold up a branch and say, we're a tree. Funniest shit I ever read. Uh, and Robin just punches one of them in the dick. He sure does. I forgot about that, man. 
I had to back that up a couple of like no, I saw there, there's no way. There's no way on earth that Robin just sacked that guy in the junk. Oh, look mm-hmm. at that. No, punches him. Doesn't mm-hmm. kick him, punches him. Yeah. I cut your balls. <laughs> Robin, that's supposed to be got your nose. That's my purse. I don't know you. <laughs> Oh, Bobby Hill would be a much better Robin, and he would just run away. (laughs) That would be amazing. Yeah. Um, The rain on my chest is a baptism, Dad. (laughs) I I don't hate you, Robin. Oh, how soccer? Yeah, I hate soccer. (laughs) Okay, so here's a thing Mm -hmm. that I I can't believe I'm saying this. I hate to give the dude credit. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, but Jonah Hex will show up again mm-hmm. in uh, JLU in a, yes. in a time travel episode, which is a very good episode, by the way. Um, uh, played by Adam Baldwin, who oh. I think was, who I think was a much better Jonah Hex than this guy. There, there wasn't a whole lot to this guy. This guy's. Uh... No, you need a little. You need a little charm. You need a little mm-hmm. like like a presence, and he didn't have it. Well, and also like the ba- the dude's basically carrying the episode. Like you yeah. need someone who's got some like something to him. And this might be the first like the fucking the DC wiki, which I think is doesn't this end up be, being your bad thing? This ended up being my bad thing because it's so fuck. I like this episode, and it's so fucking petty. Mm-hmm. Like the DC wiki basically is like, uh, when uh, Hex shows up in JLU, he's younger, but it takes place later. Okay. Like, All right, sweetie. Who cares, man? You got to see this really deep pull twice mm-hmm. in the in this whole animated yeah. universe. Like, enjoy that, man. I God. actually, I love in uh in the JLU episode, these like Hex is like, you guys are time travelers, right? Mm-hmm. And Batman goes, how did you know that? And he goes, I've like, lived I... an interesting life, which is a reference to... Jonah Hex had an entire series in the 80s uh, when Western comics weren't selling, where he went to the future and did like a Mad Max thing. Yeah, that's that's the version I'm familiar with, yeah. actually, which is why I was asking earlier. Um, uh, But I honestly think Adam Baldwin did a better job, and I don't particularly like that guy, but yeah, he I thought he played a much better... Much better, Jonah Hex. Yeah, was he Superman in the? Uh, oh, one of the movies we just been. did. Yeah, he might have been. Okay, a bunch of people who suck show up in those things. James they Woods sh- was in one we we covered not too long ago. Oh too. God, that's right. It was good, unfortunately. <sighs> um, fuck off, James Woods. Yeah, well, yeah, but you know, I'm trying to separate. Mm-hmm. The, like it's hard to do. Yeah, but take I'm your trying. talented acting and get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Uh, let's see what else. Uh, Arkady loved whipping people. He sure did. Why does everything I whip run away from me? <laughs> uh, uh, I like that that Jonah Hex isn't as good at being a hero as Batman is. Like, he's trying to get the drop on these guys, yeah. and they immediately spot him and like knock him out and drag him to the bad guy. <laughs> hey, is that Jonah Hex? It's just we've been uh, watching this show for a long time, and that never happens to Batman. Yeah, no. It's weird. Oh, I know what I was getting at. Mm. So the DC Wiki points out that that nonsense garbage. Who cares? But when I need something from them, mm-hmm. they fail. Because oh. what what I wanted to know was, this sure feels like the episode of the series where Batman appears the least. That oh, would yeah, be something. Definitely. That would be something interesting to learn. Like, mm-hmm. did, 
did is there an episode where there's even less Batman than this? Because he's almost not in this at all. Yeah. And they have nothing to say about it. Nope, just the continuity in this doesn't line up. Oh, fuck off. With with the show they never planned to make five series later yeah. in ten years. Like, come on, man. I we got spoiled by Memory Alpha, man. I mm, those guys are pretty terrible too, freestanding ladders. <laughs> they did finally fire Flonk, so Or um Wait, uh, he just reminded me of this one today. Uh, uh, Kyle's mustache foreshadowing oh. his beard. Yes, I forgot about that. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what a dumb, useful website. I mean, that's wikis, man. Yeah. That's all, like, anything that has a rabid fandom has an obsessive wiki. <laughs> um, But I, uh, I, I was genuinely surprised because... Is this episode of Batman that barely has Batman in it? Is there anything notable about like how much he's in it? That's almost something that you would expect, and mm-hmm. that there's nothing about that in yeah. there. Because yeah, it barely like apart from the framing device, doesn't feel like a Batman episode. Yeah, at all. Which, I don't care. It's good. So I would. I would almost feel like this was a backdoor pilot for a Jonah Hex show if like if I this had Im- any appeal to. Yeah, children. I can't imagine a kid like wanting to watch this. Well, you jotted that down as your kids love Batman thing. Yeah, like, l- like I, who, I, who is I wanna, this for? Yeah, I want to be clear on this. I loved this episode, but yeah, like, you love it now in your in your thirties. Exactly, I would have hated this one as a kid because there's no fucking Batman in it, and westerns are boring. I mean, I thought that as a kid, too. I think it like it's one of those genres that, or excuse me, uh, respect to the late Alex Trebek, genres. <laughs> Did you see that super cut of the way he says genre? No, but I will be looking it up after this. He says it in the most affected, like, full-on French way, and it is so delightful, especially when you hear it 20 times in a row. Genre. <laughs> uh, but no, it's, it's one of those, like, types of things where they're more bad than they are good. And mm-hmm. if you see like five bad examples in a row, you're like, maybe I just don't like Westerns. Well, that's the thing. Like I had seen like a shit ton of bad Westerns. It wasn't until yeah. like someone showed me the good, the bad and the ugly. It's like, Oh fuck. Okay. Yeah. The Clint Eastwood ones are good. The, yeah. um, the uh, John Wayne ones are bad. Mm-hmm. And like Gary Cooper is one of my all time favorite old timey movie guys, and he mostly did westerns. And I have no interest in watching yeah. those. I want to see him play like a, a nerdy encyclopedia researcher. Thing. Yeah, that sounds incredible. Oh, that movie was so good. It's called <laughs> Ball of Fire, and it's very good. Um, Goodness gracious. Anyway, uh, what else? Uh, what else? Uh, the last the the big sword slash knife fight uh, mm-hmm. at the end was a v- real kick ass. Uh, uh, action sequence to finish the episode uh, with. Yeah, on the exploding Zeppelin. Yeah. While they're trying to wreck up the railroads. Like, there's so much going on, and it's... I'm yeah. just watching, oh, cool, a fight scene for me. Also, uh, all of their dudes parachuting in these really weird, cool-looking, pyramid-shaped uh, parachutes. Those were great. Which were probably period correct. I've never seen anything like that, and it looks insane. But like, yeah. it looks so insane that it must be real. That's the one thing they did all the research on. Make sure these parachutes look perfect. Like, we didn't have airplanes yet, so we didn't have parachutes. But the concept existed, mm-hmm. so what might they look like? <laughs> what if this guy wanted to jump off a cliff real slow, like? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's, that's about all I yeah. have. Yeah. I mean, it's very good. Oh, you got those round bombs. Yeah. So classy. Never tire of that. Yeah. 
I'm going to no, throw they, a round bomb at you. They did they did have those like, you know, like a bowling ball with a string yep. sticking out of it things, which is, you know, great. That was the best way you could have a bomb back then. We hadn't invented dynamite with clocks. Yeah, that's true. Please don't write letters. I know that, that we had invented dynamite with clocks at this point. Yeah, but in popular fiction. Yeah. Uh, all right. The only way well, to show a bomb is the traditional spy versus spy one. Yeah. I mean, you know, those, at least in cartoons, go at least as far back as Looney Tunes. Because mm-hmm. it's very easy to tell what it is, and you got the burning fuse, and, mm-hmm. you know, it's very good. So classy. <laughs> all right. Anything else? That's everything I got. You got a quote because this is your episode oh, to pick a uh, quote from. Oh, this is from this is from the um, this is from said uh, fight scene at the end. I quite like this. Let's you and me dance. You cannot defeat me. I am a Heidelberg fencing champion. My heart's all a flutter. Now, did you quite like it or did you quite like it? Ah, uh, that's the question. Wow, we got a whole thread running through this one. I know. I'm going to be doubting myself forever now. Just like, did I quite like this or not? What does that mean? Where am I? One of our British friends said, for years, I thought Americans were sort of casually insulting me, and it turns out they were complimenting me. Oh, my God. Oh, Nick, you're quite good at this. <laughs> oh, thanks. No, turns out they meant it. You're no, quite you were quite this. good at this. <laughs> all right. Well, that's all for this time. Yep. Next time, if I'm not mistaken... Mm-hmm. Our friend Flonk will be joining us. He he has one of those crazy schedules where it's like, uh, just throw me where I can and maybe oh, yeah. I'll be there. So maybe, maybe not. We'll see. Right. Flonk is coming soon and it could be next week. What what episodes do we got? Next week we've got Riddler's Reform. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is which pretty much w- <laughs> exactly what's on the tin. Probably got the Riddler in it. And Second Chance, which I'm unfamiliar with. Sounds like the same kind of episode, just if I had to guess. Like yeah. a like a, a villain trying to, like, uh, you know, reform. Batman, I just got out of jail. Stop hassling me. No. Yeah. Yep. Harvey Dent is kidnapped by a mysterious villain on his way to have an operation to get his face fixed. Yeah. That would uh, explain the second, at least. Mm-hmm. Tootie-tootie-too. Mm-hmm. Well, as two. I've, as I've pointed out several times, there's been surprisingly little Two-Face. Like, yeah. For him being one of the, the top guys. Well, yeah. I do know very soon, I think we have, after next week, we have two more pairs of episodes. And I think we are then into the redesigned new Batman adventures. Yeah, we're getting real close. The uh, wiki did point out that this uh, this one, I think, or the Lion, it was in, the Lion in the Unicorn, if I'm yeah, remembering your was your the tweet. last Batman the Animated Series episode that aired, which yeah. confused me at first. I'm like, wait, we still got tons of... It's because when they changed the name, it was Yeah, it becomes series. the new Batman Adventures then, yeah. I treat it as a different series. Yeah. But it is technically treated as a different series because they do redesign everything. Yeah. It's, you know, because Superman was running at that point and they were thinking, well, this has to exist in the same world, so Let's we kind of have to... make it look like that. Streamline things a bit. Yeah. I, I like most of the redesigns, but we'll discuss that when we get there. I'm still shocked by how quickly we're motoring through all this. I mean, yeah, we will be through all of Batman by May. Yeah. And then this podcast becomes Kids Love Superman. Mm-hmm. So uh, if you want to write to us b- between the changeover, we will be doing another one of our uh, Monitor Duty episodes. Yeah. And we'd love to hear from you. It is Kids Love Batman podcast at Gmail. Uh, our website is kidsloveatman.com. We are on Twitter at Algar, at Robot Matt, and that's all for this time. Yeah, see ya, folks. See ya, folks! <laughs>
For more information about this show and the people who make it, visit kidslovebatman.com. To provide financial support for this show and all of the shows produced by Algar Productions, consider a pledge at patreon.com slash Algar. That's double A-L-G-A-R. The Kids Love Batman podcast is a co-production of Matt Robotham and Ron Algar Watt. Copyright 2020, Algar Productions. Please don't sue us. We're just doing this for fun.